All right, hi everybody. Welcome back to the Human Challenge. I'm your host, Vanessa Ferlano, and we are today exploring all the human challenges in today's world, the challenges of being human, and how we can challenge ourselves to be more human for the greater good. I'm super pumped today to be talking to Annie Catherine, author of The Friendship Breakup, which hit number 15 on Amazon's new releases in Friendship Fiction and was honored with the Book Fest Award for Spring 2023. I also know Annie personally, so I feel like my excitement is like even more emphasized because I just think it's so fantastic. Also excited to be joined here by Lane Moore, an award-winning writer, actor, comedian, and musician. Uh, Her second book, You Will Find Your People, How to Make Meaningful Friendships as an Adult, which is a lot harder than I have ever learning. I just turned 29 today, and I feel like I'm still navigating this a bit. But her book became an instant number one bestseller and received critical acclaim from the Los Angeles Times, New York Magazine, Good Morning America, NPR, The Atlantic, Vulture, Publishers Weekly, CBS Bus, The New York Post, and many, many, many more. (laughs) So really grateful to have you both here. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah, I'm excited. Um, (laughs) So... I know, thank you. I didn't want to interrupt you, but I think we were both like, oh my God. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I, I learned pre- I learned earlier that I guess 29 is the forever, what did you call it, Annie? The forever birthday? Is that what you Yes. <laughs> yes it's forever. It's the, it's the age you tell people you are always. I'm 29. <laughs> uh, Ever 29. <laughs> that's not a store yet, but they're working on it. <laughs> it's in the process. Uh, comfy clothes sweatpants (laughs) just yeah yeah. right right well that's great to know no that's that's fantastic thank you I really appreciate that um so I wanted to I wanted to kick this off because I I mean I think that I absolutely love the fact so like Annie's book's more mom-com and then Lane's book is more of the like practical uh but also both of you interweave kind of your own stories and so I really wanted to start with that and I think I want to start Lane I want to start with you I wanted to ask you you know, why is it harder to make friends as we age? Is this just a myth? And like, or like, why, you know, why from your experiences, why is it so much harder as we age to make friends or even like continue with some of our friendships? It's definitely not a myth because I feel like if it was a myth, it would be more talked about and it's not talked about. Like we don't talk about how hard it is to make friends. We don't talk about what happens if you come out of college and you don't have the perfect friend group. We don't talk about that. We don't talk about friend breakups. Uh, We don't talk about any of this. So I feel like for it to be a myth, it has to be something that everyone talks about and isn't true as opposed to something that's very true and no one talks about. Um, It's true for so many reasons. I mean, I think one of the things is that so many people are holding on to their friend groups because of that fear, because we don't talk about it. And friend groups that might not actually be a good fit for them anymore. I hear from so many people who are like, yeah, I'm still friends with people from high school or college. They don't really work anymore, but I have to be friends with them because I've known them so long. Like we're so many of us are caught up in like have tos and shoulds and all these things. And that just creates these, these bad relationship patterns and Also, people don't want to start over again because we don't talk about how hard it is, but we know internally that's why we're holding on to these bad friendships, right? So I think that so much of it is, you know, we all want it to be like it is on TV. I know I did. I want to have the friend that I met at age five and I'm still friends with until I'm 90. And we have this shame about that. And then I think the older we get, the longer we're alive. And we think we found it, but we didn't. Uh, we have it for a little while, and then we have the friend breakup, or or we lose touch, or whatever it is. 
we kind of have that shame of like, oh no, what if it never happens? And then I think we also get tired, you know, from all the friend breakups and the pain and the trying again. And, you know, it's very tempting to be like, maybe I won't do this anymore. And it takes more just like anything else. Like I never learned how to ride a bike. Do I feel like I can do it now? No, because I know it's going to hurt more when I fall. And I think that the same thing happens when we're adults, when we're kids, we don't know what that pain is going to be like. We don't think about friend breakups. We don't think about anything like that. But I think the older we get, we have these stored memories of things not working out. So we're less likely to want to do it. You know, we're just a little bit more guarded. So I think that all these reasons, and you know, we're also just so increasingly busy. And I I find that happens a lot with, with a lot of my friends where we're like, I miss you so much. And I just have this deadline. Like, it's just really unfortunate. I wish it wasn't like that. So there's all these things that, you know, can be overcome, but I don't want to minimize how hard they are. We need to talk about that. Yeah. Right. And, and I think it's interesting because, um, like I, I always sometimes, you know, group dynamics can be very interesting sometimes. Right. Um, and so I think there's one thing that like I sometimes observe, um, and this is like in no, like just like in general friend groups, um, you know, I think that sometimes there's a difference between, liking each other and then wanting to be like each other. You know what I mean? Like there's a big difference there. And I think that creates a very different dynamic. And especially when we're talking about like long-term friend groups or like you were mentioning, like, you know, that that friend when you're five to when you're 90, right? Like we do evolve as humans. And so how do we, and we evolve like collectively, right? And that can be a bit of a challenge. Right. Even if it starts off great, like, you know, once maybe you really got along when you were 13, but when you're 25 or 35 or 45, whatever it is, you're a different person. Maybe every five years, maybe every 10 years, they could grow in a different direction. And, you know, TV never shows that. It always shows you growing in the same direction and making the same choices and oh, everything's compatible. And it's like, we're all, I think we're all sitting here being like, that'd be cool, but that's not what happens. I'm feeling like crap, but, but it's, you know, that's why it's like, I love that we're talking about this because, you know, TV and movies and and stuff, it's, they're, they're showing really idealized versions of these things. Yeah. Right. And so Annie, I want to turn it over to you because your book is a mom-com, right? So you have a very specific, like area or phase of life, I suppose we can say that, that you focus on. So one, can you tell us a little bit about that experience, you know, a friendship breakup, you know, from that during that phase of your life? And then also maybe how much of this was like based off of your own experiences? Because, um, you know, I, we're all writers here. So we always, you know, there's always a piece of us in our work, right? So like, maybe you can share a little bit about both of that. Yeah, sure. So my main character, Fallon, is going through ghosting from her mom friends. And she's at this phase in her life where she's like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do without these first mommy friends? They've been with me since I had my daughter. And now they're ghosting me. And I have to start all over. And I don't want to. It's kind of like what Lane was saying. It was It's so hard. And she's like, I've been with them for seven years. Doesn't seven years mean their family now and so so she's going through grappling through all of this even though it's fiction i it's realistic i mean this happens but it's not talked about and there's it's rare that you'll find fiction books that center around a friendship gone wrong there's tons of friendships and they make up but there's never the friendship breakup Mm -hmm. so I wanted to shed light on this I wanted to have 
a conversation. I wanted readers to feel like they weren't alone. And I've had a lot of reviewers say, oh my gosh, this is my life. Do you live in my neighborhood? You know? (laughs) But it, so I was ghosted and they were my mommy friends. And I was like, I have to turn my pain into power. I have to write about this. It's going to be therapeutic. And (laughs) I didn't want to write a real story. So it is fictional. But all the pain that my main character goes through, I had gone through. And I give my main character closure because I did not get the closure in real life. And I wanted her to get the closure. So it was very therapeutic. And I, and I just hope it reaches more people that who, so they don't feel alone if they're going through some friendship issues. And so, so just, just maybe to clarify, because, so you mentioned this was a friend in in the book, this is like Mm -hmm. a friendship um, of friends of seven years. So like, I'm kind of curious about the, you know, does that mean like the child, like the, before the child was born, right? Because this is like specific to mom. So it was like before the child was born and then seven years later. Well, the children were just born, you know, within a few months of each other. And then they found each other through a mom's group. And then it evolved from there. Okay. And I feel like that would make, that would be a very tough friendship breakup, I think, because that is like a very like crucial time, I think, for moms to get support, right? And I know there's a lot of, a lot of conversations about how, you know, mothers have to kind of come together in this new phase. And so I can imagine that being like very challenging, not just like from your fictional character, but I think even for yourself, like, I think that's, that's definitely a tough friendship breakup to go through. I can really, really empathize Mm -hmm. there. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask Lane, I think you, I think I read somewhere, I remember you talking a bit about attachment styles in your friendship group. And so, or like in in friendship groups in general, which I think kind of relates to what I was saying earlier about like, you know, wanting to be friends with each other, but then wanting to be like each other are very different things. So I'm kind of, I really would love to hear a little bit more about your thoughts on that and attachment styles and friend groups. Yeah. When I heard you say that, I was like, attachment styles. Um, Um, So one of the things that I started talking uh, about attachment theory and in my first book that was uh, called How to Be Alone, and it was about, you know, not having uh, the family that you're supposed to have, you know, this perfect family who's always wonderful and then the rest of your life is great, uh, you know, or kind of running into these things and then feeling alone. And in the first book, I talked about attachment theory as it relates to uh, my romantic relationships because I started to realize how much my childhood impacted my ability to attach to other people and then how much it impacted my romantic relationships. And then after I did that, I started realizing just how much attachment theory and my attachment styles also affected my friendships. And I had never heard anybody talk about that. Whenever people talk about attachment theory, they focus it so much only around romantic partners. But I started to realize I was making very similar choices in my friendships where it was like, I have some anxious attachment, um, much better than I was. Uh, I've got, I've had all the attachment styles at this point. So I feel very knowledgeable that I can speak to how awful <laughs> all of them are, uh, and how, how fraught they can be. Uh, so I can, I have empathy for all of it. I hate all of it, you know? Um, but I just started to realize that, you know, I started to attract more avoidant friends and for people, I guess, who don't really know about attachment theory, um, you know, in a very concise way, if you're securely attached, you don't get stressed out 
about your relationships. You're just kind of not, I mean, you might get a little bit, but you're not, if they don't text back, you're not like worried. If they text you a little bit more than you need, you're not like, get away from me, forget this. Like you don't have this kind of volatility, but most of us, I think, or, you know, a significant amount of us, um, if we didn't have a totally secure childhood, which uh, come on, who really did, uh, some very fortunate people that I would do anything to be like, but, um, but, uh, then, you know, you're going to have these things come up. And like you were saying with not like each other, you know, some of I've, I've had a lot of avoidant friends. And what that means is that I'm always kind of like, are you mad at me? And it's like, they might not text me back for like two months. And I'm like, cool, cool, cool. Cause like they're set to be like, I'm going through something. So I'm not going to talk to anybody. And I'm like, Hey, well, I feel like you've died and you're never going to talk to me again. And I don't like, this is bringing up all my childhood stuff. So like, we don't talk about how that comes into play. And, and, you know, I, I really wanted to talk about it in this book because, um, again, so we think that so much of friendship is just, we're still operating on this like childhood model of like, I like you, you like me. I wish it was that simple, but we have attachment style differences. We have, you know, our own baggage we're bringing to it. We have our own schedules, our own life changes we go through. And I really wanted to talk about this, you know, similarly to Annie, I've, I've experienced so much of this and that feeling of like, oh no, I failed because this person, I, I attracted somebody with a different attachment style than me. I need more than they can give. I'm needy. I'm bad. Again, we're still operating on this idea that like friendship should be easy. We should be able to just do it. Why are we having so much, so many problems with this? And so one of the things I really wanted to talk about when it comes to attachment styles and all these other things in this book was like, there's so much that's out of our control. And sometimes it's just not a good fit. And if we can see that sometimes it's just not a good fit, or sometimes we might need to adjust more than maybe TV shows would tell us that we have to. Um, that's not necessarily bad and and very similarly wanting people to feel less alone in that. If you keep kind of bumping up against like, oh no, I did it wrong again. Like you didn't do it wrong. There's just more to this than we know. So let's talk about it. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I mean, I think friendship is like any other relationship. It, it There's work, you know, like it is, it is, you know, like there are things like being ghosted, right? Those things don't just happen in like relationships. It is in friend groups as well. And, uh, um, I think it's very like it's it's I do think it's a very important thing to discuss. And yeah, like I said, I was really interested in what you were saying about the attachment theory. And I think especially too, I think attachment theory tends to be a very like kind of hot topic sometimes. Um, mm-hmm. But I think what's really interesting about attachment theory is that um, I think this whole like there's a, there's a whole I think it's like really what you were saying too that it's like it's not it's not your fault. Like the other part of attachment theory is like you and yourself and your evolution, right? And like what you go through in your life and how you're gonna grow. And I think there's like that piece, right? Like who is kind of my core self and then how does this influence my attachments and, and my relationships and how I, I grow personally? Because I think a lot of times the people that are around us are really a reflection of us in some way, right? Like there are people that are around us that it's like, there's pro- like quote unquote good and quote unquote not good. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think there's good or bad. Nothing's ever black and white, but there are things that, that are in others that are really in ourselves that we sometimes just kind of miss. Um, so I do appreciate, like, I do appreciate the discussion around att- attachment theory, but then also this acknowledgement of, you know, who are we, what's our self evolution, and then how does this influence all these different relationships and these attachment styles? Um, Annie, you mentioned earlier about closure. 
So you said that your character got closure, but you did not. Can you share that? Like, like, you know, about you, how, like, how did you not get closure? And like, how did you move on from that? Because that's very hard, like in any breakup to not get a sense of closure, like that would be a huge challenge. So I'm curious what that experience was for you. And then maybe if you're willing to share how your character got the closure that you did not. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So when I was going through this experience, I, I never talk to the person again. So I never found out why she excluded me. I tried and there's only so much you can do. And then she actually moved. (laughs) So I, it was, it was like, okay, she's out of my life for good. So, but as far as my character, um, I don't know if I could tell you without ruining the whole story. Right. Yeah, that's kind of why I was like, maybe that's an unfair question. But I mean... But I, I can tell you that it it was resolved. Like, the they sat and they had a conversation and they figured things out. So it wasn't just... She would just wasn't left hanging. Right. And okay. where I feel like I was just kind of left hanging and... and a way for me to get through this, and now I've never been personally to therapy for this, but this is the way I was able to deal with it, was that there was something going on in her life that I may have triggered, and she couldn't be around me because of this trauma or trigger. I don't know if that is true, but that is in my head how I could give myself closure and move on um, because I wrapped my brain trying to figure out what I did and I couldn't figure it out. So I just chalked it up to there was something in her life that just didn't work for her to be around me. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah. No, and I mean, I think that's, I mean, I think that's pretty fair. And I think that's quite like common, you know, when things like this happen, it's very genuine, like there's something going on there that, yeah, like you said, maybe it was brought up. Um, but uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's, 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 that's really interesting. And I think it's really great that you gave your character the opportunity to have that conversation. And I think it's really great too. Like, I mean, obviously, you know, we don't know how that conversation went and how things moved along. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I mean, that's the other part to like a friendship breakup. Like it is hard to have those sticky conversations with your friends, right? Where you have that, like, you know, we talk like that bubbly mentality, like you're my friend, you're my friend forever. But the reality is like, well, you're my friend forever, but you have to have some of these conversations, right? And that's not always easy to do because we we don't want to. It's hard to have those conversations. It's hard to be vulnerable. And I think it's it's funny that it can be hard to be that vulnerable to our own friends, right? Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I like I think that really made I know for myself I had an experience like that too, where it really made me think like, how is it this hard to be vulnerable to my friend? Like, what does that say about what this friendship is in itself? You know what I mean? Yes. Um, Lay, I'm curious if you have any thoughts on on you know getting closure and and you know getting going through friendship breakups. What are your what's your thoughts? What are your experiences? Absolutely. So um, I put a whole chapter in this book about friendship breakups for, you know, very much the same reason. We don't talk about it. We don't, you know, I I wanted to put in there like how to approach a friendship breakup. How do you start this discussion? How do you know if, if you should break up? How do you know to approach it? And I also put in uh 
you could see my aggressive nodding when Annie was talking because <laughs> A, so much of this has affected me. And, and that's why I put so much of this into my book as well, because there's a whole section on what to do if your friend leaves without saying anything with, and you don't get that closure because that is something I really, you know, we don't talk about it and it, it happens, it's happened to me. It's happened to you. It's that, you know, it's happened to so many of us. And I came to very much, uh, you know, I, I offer very similar things where one of them is exactly like there might've been something that was going on there that we don't know about. We'll never know about, but kind of taking that out of there. And then the other conclusion that I, I came to that I wanted to share with people is I started to really think about it when I sat with that pain of like somebody leaving and I know I didn't do anything wrong. And if I did do something wrong, I gave them the opportunity to tell me about it. I genuinely wanted to know, like, you know, you're right. Like Annie was saying, like, there's only so much you can do because sometimes people, you know, I've left friendships and like, I don't think they cared if they hurt me, you know, but this wasn't that for, for anybody, you know, where it was like, no, no, I, I really wanted to know, like, did I do something? What was it? And to have somebody, to have that kind of conversation with somebody and have them, you know, basically with, with mine, there was like a misunderstanding that was like, she'd just taken a wild leap and assumed something that wasn't the case. And I was super compassionate about it and was like, I totally get why you assume that that wasn't the case. Like talked it through, did all this work, even though there's that part of you that's like, why did you assume all this stuff and then punish me with silence? And like, you know what? I, there's a part of you that's a little bit like, what the fuck? But I loved her. So I was like, I'm going to do the work and like show you, like, I would never do that. I, you know, I wasn't thinking that, like, let's just clear the air. And then she still was like, and I just, it was so painful because I knew I hadn't done anything wrong. But again, like, I don't know. You you try to look at the broader picture and the information that I had with with at least this person was like, I could see her kind of pushing everybody away. And so you just, you know what I mean? And like, so I was like, okay, this isn't about, this isn't about me. And if it was about me, I did my damnedest to make sure we could talk about it. And I did my, like, that's all you can do, you know? So I think you kind of just look at it and that doesn't mean that you're not going to have some pain around it. Sometimes we, you know, I still see their posts on social media and there's every now and again, I'll, I'll, we're not friends on every social media site, but because uh, it's too painful, but sometimes yeah. I'll see, you know, her posts and I'll be like, huh, maybe I can fix it. And I have to remind myself, like you didn't break it. <laughs> you did it. You know, it's yeah. Lane, still- Wayne, I wonder if we had the same friend. <laughs> She's up with all of us. She's like, I know a bunch of writer friends. I'm dumping them all. And it's like, well, guess what? We're all going to put you in books. So, guys, I wonder if we have the pseudonyms. That'd be great. <laughs> oh, my God. That's so, God. so that's hard. So but that's really funny. Um, I think that's really interesting, too, because I think that, you know, I think it kind of comes down to how do you honor these friendships even when they start taking different forms, right? Like I said, you know, we evolve and so people grow, but then how do you still, I mean, that's to me what I think of like closure is like, how can I still look at this friendship, cherish it for what it was? And it's going to take a different form now. And, you know, we are making this move now to actually like, you know, we are acknowledging we're stepping apart. We are breaking up, right? So how do you acknowledge that 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 friendship, though it's taking a different form? And I think that's a question sometimes that I 
uh, like think of sometimes. And that's what I think of closure. Um, so I really, really appreciate your perspectives. I don't know if you have any thoughts on that, that idea of like friendships, just, you know, taking a new form and honoring it. Yeah. Annie, do you have thoughts? Like, Well, the way that I look at it is I cherish what was and know that they were friends for a reason, a season or a season, and they weren't meant to be there for a lifetime. And you just move forward and remember the good times. And that's all you can really do if, especially if you can't keep in touch. Um, Now, if you can go ahead and, you know, be acquaintances and say, hey, hi, or, you know, quick hi on social media, great. But Otherwise, I'm of the mindset it's okay to let it go. Right. And Lane, any final words on that reflection? <laughs> Sounds like I'm about to die. Uh, this is the last question before you die. Any final words on grief? Uh, Actually, yes, I have so many I would love to say before I die. Um, no, but, uh, yeah, no, I mean, very similarly. I, I think that one of the things... Oh, that I wanted, you know, I think that, I, that I, I talk a lot about in this book is that like, you know, you have, you have part of it, you have the part of it that's like, okay, I can honor that they were meant to be in my life for this time. But what happens? Well, I guess I won't say but because it's not contradictory. And what also happens is for me, that thought creeps in where I'm just like, but why couldn't it, why couldn't it last? Why couldn't this last for me? Like that shame can creep in where it's like, you know, cause the, the smartest part of the most evolved part of yourself is like, well, they were here for a reason or a season. Mm-hmm. And then like your past pain comes in and it's like, but why did you me? Why did you deny me? And like, you know, wanting to honor both of that because when we're right. at our best, that's great. But you know, it's also, I wanted to, you know, make sure to talk about the the sticky, messy part too. That's like the the wounded part of us that's still like, but why couldn't it have lasted forever? Like I wanted it to. And like the shame that comes in and the way we compare ourselves to movies and TV and like, well, they could do that. And I have to remind myself like that is a TV show. And, you know, just as, you know, Annie gave her character the closure she didn't have. One of the things that has been helpful to me is to realize that so much of TV shows, like I've, I've written songs about relationships that were better than what I had had at the time. You know what I mean? Like writers, a lot of it is what we wish existed. So a lot of the TV shows that we see where they never break up and they never fight, a lot of that is wishful thinking because it's more fun or, or, or easier to watch. We, it's more, it's richer to watch than just somebody who was really hurt. And now they just live with it. Like, I don't want to watch that. I don't want to live that. So it's like, you know, I, I try to hold both parts and, and remind myself that maybe what I'm comparing myself to, or people on social media who like have never broken up or never fought. I don't know that that's true, you know, to kind of just bring it back down to, bring it back down to the like, this was for a reason. Yes, it's painful. Yes, it sucks. So just try to hold all the parts as much as I can. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's great. I really appreciate that. Um, 
you know, and I think that is what letting go is, right? Like we let go by by holding all these pieces of ourselves together and really just holding space for all of it, which I think is a really, really beautiful message. So we will close with there because I think that's really wonderful. Thank you both so much for being on the show. Really grateful for all of your time. And please, everybody, make sure you check out their books wherever books are sold. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Take care.